All right, well, we're, we're going to get started here. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, and thank you for joining us on Sweet Liberty. Uh, I'm with you tonight with what, Alan again, Alan Watt. Um, and I want to remind you folks, if, I, I shouldn't assume that all of you are listening Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evenings, but uh, Darren Weeks uh, does Sweet Liberty Mondays and Tuesdays, and it's it is certainly uh, his broadcast, his information is perfectly documented, and he he addresses uh, topics that Alan and I don't often get to, and it certainly is worthwhile to tune in and listen because you're going to learn a lot uh, by doing that. Today is Wednesday, and it is the seventh of June. I almost said May. Alan, yes. it's the seventh of June in the year two thousand six, folks. Um, our spiritual message this evening. I'm pulling these little cards. Is what I do from my Course in Miracles quote little box. It says there is no veil. The love of God in us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. There is no veil. The love of God in us together cannot lift. The way to truth is open. It is too, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, yeah sometimes you need a, a crowbar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the crowbar. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a lot, of, a lot of huffing and puffing. HR, what was that bill we wanted to mention? Uh, I think it was 4752IH. Four, 4752IH. Folks, I know that there are a lot of, uh, I understand, uh, a lot of other broadcasters talking about this, and we're not going to spend the evening on it, but I wanted to bring it up for those of you who might not listen to a lot of other broadcasts. Uh, this bill, H.R. 4752 I.H., I don't know what the I.H. Uh, stands for, Alan, but that's the way it was listed on the uh, Thomas, on the government website. Uh, and, folks, this is a, a bill that is... Um, proposing to draft all men and women in the United States between the ages of 18 and 42. Men and women between the ages of 18 and 42. And you know, Alan, the way the bill reads, I was going to print it out. It isn't a real long one and share it with our listeners, but our Internet listeners can go uh, to the Thomas site and put that bill number in and it'll pull it up. Um, But it's... uh, those who don't go directly into the military would be drafted to do some type of, quote, community service. And basically, we're just talking slave labor here, Alan. Yeah, I think it's stated as, uh, um, uh, or serve at home or other. In other words, it didn't specify what the exactly, other is. Exactly, exactly. It's wide open. And I just, uh, the, the, the important thing here, folks, is uh, those of you who have young uh young children or teenage children it doesn't matter they should never sign up for the draft they should never register for the draft and when the card comes uh, it says that you have to do this it's the law and then if you read the frequently asked questions well what would happen if I didn't register for the draft it says Alan you may be fined and you may go to jail for you know whatever 
that it is they don't they can't jail you and then they say you can never get a government grant <laughs> see that's the big deal that is the hook yeah. and that's the only hook and of course there are many states and this happened it's happened some time ago that have actually added uh, the requirement if a, if a young person goes in to get a driver's license they have to sign up for the draft they're, they're Registering to get a driver's license is considered registration for the draft. And if they aren't willing to sign that, they don't get a driver's license. It, it, now, this to me should have people stop and think, well, if it is a federal law, why do the states have to do this? And you see, to me, that's just more confirmation. Mm -hmm. But the Selective Service Act is under Title 50, and Title 50 is not what they call positive law. There is no legislation uh, that has... It's the same with Title 26, which is the... the, Or maybe Title 27 is the IRS. Is it, you know, the income tax. But there's no... There's no implementing legislation for that. Mm -hmm. And they use Title 26 to implement the income tax. Yep. They use all the, the implementing legislation under alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Yeah. And what's even more ominous is, is uh, the fact that they're going to, or they're even they want to put this draft through, because it tells you that it's not just to do with Iraq. Oh, absolutely. You see, it's much bigger, and and it's um, it's an ongoing thing that they're they're, they're looking at, obviously, when they need so much uh, human power there yes. to do their job, but which could last for who knows how long. Well, you know, I, I had a call from Bob Peters uh, just before we went on air, and he was listening to Al Adask, who's on uh, First Amendment radio just prior to this broadcast, mm -hmm. and he said Al was talking about, you know, contractual law and et cetera, and I said that I wanted to mention this draft bill. He said, you know, that Al, he believed Al had been talking about it also, and what Al was mentioning, Alan, is that they're talking about sending prisoners mm -hmm. over to Iraq. Okay, well that's quite dear. See, that's what they did in Britain for centuries. They, they, they would draft them from the, right from the prison. In fact, the courts at one time, even on petty offences, used to give you the choice of joining the army or going to jail. That was quite standard in Britain. So I guess it's the same system. You know, I was thinking about that with all these illegal aliens. How many of them do you think have been drafted into the military, Alan? Uh, that, that's open. In yes. fact, they've had that in, in major newspapers. They've given them, uh, they'll give them citizenship if they serve so many years in the military. Yes. Yeah. And even in the Civil War, they had scouts out in Europe and Scandinavia to recruit people um, to come over and fight in the, the Civil War. So there's, there's nothing really new in that. No, nothing new in it, but it's new in our time right now, isn't it? Yeah. Although, um, I have a book here. In fact, it was mentioned in Doug Reed's book, Controversy of Zion, and I was able to find the book, and now I cannot recall the name of the book, but I was able to get it through ABE Books, and it was a woman who wrote the book um, who had served in the United Nations after World War II, and she was in, an, in one of the internment camps, or the they don't call them internment camps, but the 
relocation camps. Yeah. And mostly all that were in the camps where she was were Poles. Uh-huh. And uh, she said that they they some of them were actually killing themselves rather than go home because the Soviet Union, of course, had control over uh, a lot of their you know their living yeah. space, and they just wouldn't go home. They would hang themselves and cut their wrists and do anything. But what they were trying to do is find homes for these people. And she couldn't figure out why, excuse me, girls, quit it. They, they, she couldn't figure out why the U.S. wouldn't let any of these people in. Because a lot of the countries were, uh, they were taking healthy people, healthy people that would they knew would be able to get work and not become a ward of the state. And so there were some requirements, but many, many people were finding homes in other countries. Well, then the Korean War came, Alan, and suddenly the U.S. government opened up its arms to those Poles. And the requirement was, this is right in her book, they had to serve two years over in Korea, and then they could come to America. So they were willing to risk their lives in a war to come to the land of plenty. Yeah. The land of the free and the home of the brave. Mm-hmm. So that is in our lifetime, in a sense. It's very recent mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, history. Yeah. And we were having a conversation last night. And I said, I think we better quit this right now. Mm-hmm. Because our listeners need to be in on this conversation. Mm-hmm. And would you... Uh, share with them what we were discussing. <clears throat> it was about the global warming, I think. Wasn't yes, it? yes. Yeah, it, it was. Um, the global warming is, is a weird. We're all part of this because it's said all the time. It's mentioned in so many articles, as though it's a fact. You know, and and we do know uh, from even at school when I was about seven, it was in the old uh, geography books at the time that the earth goes through warming and cooling periods and in the middle ages for 200 years at one point they didn't build uh, fireplaces inside the homes because it was so warm Uh, so we go through these cycles however um, with the global warming you would think the south pole would would be melting too how come it's supposedly all to do with the north pole melting and then I thought about the, the Star Wars project everyone's forgotten about it but uh, they put, I don't know how many of these war-type satellites up into space, uh, which can basically fry any continent if they want to. And when you look at what we're told, the, the, the poles melting and it's all slipping into the sea, and since the prevailing wind across America and Canada, uh, the U.S. and Canada, comes from the west, technically we should be cooling as, as, as this colder water or the ice hits the water and cools the water. Oh, shoot, it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it should bring it across the the land. And yet the land is warming at the same speed, if not more, which would tell me that something is basking the northern hemisphere, at least this part, and and something which is causing the heat. Uh, The land as well as the sea, but it's not affecting the the, the, the Antarctica. Well, then we have the connection when you had said at the one time, uh, and folks, I don't... If you haven't seen Alan's uh, videos at his website at, at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, 
it's linked from Sweet Liberty also. But if you haven't seen it, what what is the name of that last one? The one about the clouds, Alan? Oh, it's peeping through the clouds. Pe- peeping through the clouds. Yeah. Um, you sometimes when we would talk, and this has been going on for so long, and you say, "Oh my God, are they spraying again?" Mm-hmm. And how mushy the sky looked. Yeah. And it, we just don't. We do get sprayed, but nothing like mm-hmm. you were describing. Yeah. And then you said uh, last year the high temperatures made probably I don't know how how high they broke the record mm-hmm. but when where you're at to get up to 115 degrees in the summer is an anomaly certainly is and you had mentioned that you thought the possibility is that they're using the harp technology yeah. and that you're right in the path of it mm-hmm. and that that would be why you'd be having the warmer weather and then yeah. when I was talking to a friend about it and all of the spraying, I couldn't figure out, Alan, why are they spraying out in the wilds up there? Mm-hmm. And he said, probably, that's why they're spraying so heavily. Because mm-hmm. the barium, and, you know, you explained that, that those metals are actually light refractors yeah. and heat refractors of the sun. Yeah. And so now, I don't know, it just all makes sense to me. Yeah, see, the only way their theory that they're trying to spin it, uh, we, we might be trying to save the planet. We get these little hints that they may be trying to do things about it. They're maybe going to start weather manipulation to, to stop global warming. So this is in the newspapers. Oh, and, and they've been doing it for years. And uh, the patents go back for donkey's years. Anybody wants to check up the different patents on all this stuff. But this theory... Our patents, you said, P-A-T-E-N-T-S? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this theory of uh, <laughs> re- reflecting the sunlight back out into space would only work if the particles somehow were weighted so that it's the shiny parts facing the sun. But it's not. You see, these things are, are spinning and tumbling, and they're, they're mirrors, and they're reflecting the light back and forth millions of times uh, before they hit the ground, and it's keeping the heat in. That's just it. It's doing the opposite. So they're causing the global warming. Well... Uh, the thing is, we can't even count on what they're telling us that there is global warming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, all the floods and the droughts and everything. And, mm-hmm. and even when it gets extremely, we had freezing weather on the 22nd of May uh-huh. and frost on the 23rd of May. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that isn't warm, Alan. <laughs> but they no. say, oh well, it's all part of global warming. Well, and I know I've said this before. I, I am going to repeat myself because I do know that we have quite a few new listeners since you've been on Coast to Coast. Uh, but but Professor Patrick Michaels uh, is a guy, that, a professor at, in Virginia, University of Virginia, I believe. I happened to hear him talk at an ALEC meeting, the Association or the uh, American Legislative Exchange Council, which is a legis. It's a an association for allegedly conservative state legislators. And he was talking to the state legislators. He had overheads. He said, first of all, that not only there is there not global warning, warming now, this was 10 years ago, but he said not only is there not global warming, but the real temperatures are showing that the mean t- nighttime temperature is slightly higher. He said that makes for a very lush planet. But he said... They take artificial um, readings, 
and they take those readings uh, where you've got a lot of tarmac, like from the airports and that. Inner cities, yeah. Yeah, it's artificial heat. And he said now with the satellites, they know what the temperature is. Mm -hmm. And at that time, anyway, there wasn't any global warming going on. But one thing he pointed out, as cold as it is at the poles, they say, well, if the temperature drops one degree, we're going to have global warming and it's going to do all kinds of terrible things. He said if it's 45 degrees below zero and it goes up one degree, it's still at freezing. And it's just none of what they're saying, in other words, it just doesn't... It it's doesn't high, fly. It's science uh, program that's going on, and it's no doubt it's all to do with science, plus every effect they're talking about is being caused by the heart in conjunction with the spraying. And, and that's the ominous part about it, that we see the spraying going on all the time. Yeah. And the, the admit in the heart uh, treaty uh, that they signed the UN not to use it on other countries, they admitted they can cause drought or flood hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, and um, uh, and they can also dissipate natural clouds or create yeah. something into yeah. one or the other. Droughts or floods. Mm -hmm. so uh, I've seen uh, both happen. Sometimes it's, it's, the sky will turn black and you're sure you're going to get a thunderstorm. And then you hear the jets above them and, and within an hour it's all cleared up and, and it's a steely, misty, polymer-type blue. So they can do either. They can cause that or, or, or dissipate the clouds. And, yeah. and also, they're, it's in the tree too. They can bring the jet stream right down to ground level. Yeah. Well, the, the jet stream loops right where I am and goes back down into the States. So that's why they're using this part to spray heavily. It carries it all the way back down into the States. It uh -huh. covers a wide area. And the satellites? Yeah. I made a note here because... Uh, when you mentioned, you know, the Star Wars, Jim McCanny, when he was on with us after Katrina, mm -hmm. he said that they literally were steering the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I, I, you know, even the way the Weather Channel, the way the weather reporters, they're showing these hurricanes making turns. I know, right, hurricane right angle turns. Yes. And he said that they're doing it from the satellites, and he said... Basically, what they're doing is beaming mm -hmm. the electromagnetic energy down yeah. right in front of the eye of the storm. Mm -hmm. And it, it attracts the eye of the storm, yeah. and they just lead it around. Like it's, you, you've got a ring through a pig's nose. Yeah, in fact, if you superheat the atmosphere in front of it, it attracts it just like a magnet. Right, exactly. It. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. And they can make it go any doggone place they want. Yeah. And so this, this makes sense, too, that... Uh, you know, that technology is part of it all. It is. And, of course, they've, they've tested out, um, maybe three years ago, there was, a, it was in the newspapers, this odd series of meteorites that, that went across the sky from Canada into the States, and um, from Vancouver, I think, all the way down into Washington. And... Um, they said it set off fire alarms across the whole territory. Uh, not fire alarms, uh, car alarms. Oh, my. With, with the explosions. Then the next day, that all these experts on trying to, to tell us what it was, what they thought it might be. And it was all very vague, except they thought it was probably some kind of strange meteor. And, uh, and there was nothing more said about it. But uh, it was ex a series of explosions in the air. And then in Australia, a week later, they had the same phenomenon happening over one of their major cities exactly a week later 
And what they were doing, I think, is using the satellites to, to superheat the atmosphere, which explodes at that part that they're concentrating on. And that's, that's what they've really been, have been doing. Um, Tesla himself uh, stopped his test with the standing wave technology um, because he said it, w it would be possible to superheat the atmosphere to such an extent you could cause uh, a flash fire across the globe. Yes, and he said he could split the Earth in two. Yeah. So, so this is uh, what they're up to. It's high. It's advanced sciences that are at play here. We've kept in the level one matrix where the news gives us a, a supposed facts, but there's higher levels above all of that. And we never get told even the second level until 50 years later. Sure. Yeah, that's standard. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's high, high technology at work. So how's your weather right now, speaking of the weather? Well, there was a, a, a deluge uh, a couple of hours ago, and it's stopped now, but it was, it was coming down just like a monsoon. Yeah. Well, one of the things that, you know, we I noticed this several years ago when we had a, a, the summer sun. This would have been probably around 2000, 2001. Uh -huh. The sun was so extremely hot. Uh, and even when it, if it was 80 degrees, it, it, was the, it wasn't the heat. It wasn't the heat in the in the air. It, it was the the heat of the sun hitting you. Mm -hmm. And I noticed this, and then I I would mention it to people, and a lot of people uh, agreed, you know, that they had noticed the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, it was it was abnormally hot. Yeah. And how would they do that, Alan? Would you would that have to do with the spraying too? Uh, oh, I'm sure of it, yeah. I mean, I know it's when they're really spraying heavily. And there's different kinds of sprays, you'll see them. Uh, there's, there's the long white ones that, that end up like sort of herringbone displays across the sky. Yes. And there's other types that are a sort of light pale blue. That's the polymer type. It's like looking through a plastic, uh, clear plastic uh, barrier, you know, vapor barrier type. Uh -huh. That's what it looks like in the sky. And these light blue ones spread very quickly. Um, and uh, create the polymer type effect. So there's different kinds that they are spraying across, sometimes in conjunction with each other at the same time. Something I wanted to say here just as a consideration for our listeners, I don't know who I was talking to the other day, and they said that it evidently, I don't know where the information came from, so it, I was just told this, mm -hmm. that 70% of the sunscreens today have chemicals in them that are known to be carcinogenic. Uh -huh. And I, I just wanted for our listeners to maybe do a little bit of research on this. Be careful what you're putting on your skin, folks. Uh, when we're talking about the summertime and people believe that if they uh, lather themselves up with sunscreen, they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, the mosquito stuff with that DEET in it, mm -hmm. uh, that whatever that... It's killer stuff. Mm -hmm. And so folks don't think just because uh, you're putting sunscreen on that you're necessarily protecting yourself from the sun because the sunscreen itself could be uh, very dangerous to and we need sunshine isn't that the pathetic thing Alan yeah we do we need to be in the sun the sun is life-giving and yet we just have to be careful and not overdo it 
and be careful of what we're putting on our skin. It's the largest organ in our body. Well, up with all the spring that's going on, I think it's best to keep covered. Yeah. Because that stuff's all coming down. Uh, there'll be a link going up on my website because uh, Jason was telling me he's 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 watched the Discovery Channel to do with uh, to do with weather modification, and uh, they're talking they were talking about these tiny nano robots that they can put out of planes, billions of them, and they're so tiny um, they can go into your eyes and you wouldn't even know they were there. A so nano robot. Nano technology. Yeah, these are tiny little. Um, uh, basically little computers in a sense. Tex Mars wrote about that several years ago. Oh yeah, they, they've, they've had them. And they've for, been in movies. Yeah, they've had them for donkey's years. It's just that the public have never really... We always, we're always the last to be told. When they tell us, it's actually almost obsolete. So... Um, and they actually had it on, uh, on the Discovery Channel? They had a program to do with weather modification and that was part of it. Uh, they showed uh, a test tube with so many of them inside this little test tube, and these were a, a bigger type. They said the other type were so tiny. Um, and, and the question was asked apparently on the program. I didn't see it, but uh, uh, Jason's going to send it to me. Is he's going to link to it uh, at the site? Yeah, and uh, someone someone asked what happens if you breathe them in, and I think the answer was, well, you might cough them back up. You may cough them back up. And I wouldn't be surprised if these things are so tiny they can pass through the, the alveoli, the little air sacs in the lungs, into the bloodstream. I wouldn't be surprised at all. What do these little nanorobots do, Alan? Well, I think on this particular program they said there was some kind of transmitter. Uh, there's very little we can believe as far as, far as the reasons that have been given go. We do know that other areas of science have admitted that these tiny nanorobots um, could be used even to reconstruct uh, the, the inside of your body uh, because they can link up like a whole series uh, into a circuit and uh, and create more of themselves even from materials that they can find in their own body. So the, the, this is a very advanced stuff and well, yet, and I yet it's old technology. It gets so far out that, uh, you know what my thought is? Mm -hmm. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes... When you talk about these things, it gets people afraid. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, being afraid it would be useless. It would be as useless as worrying. Mm -hmm. Because we then we would just be living in fear. Yeah. And uh, I guess that comes back to where we are in our own minds with who we are. Are we a human being or are we a spiritual being? And, you know, is planet Earth it? Yeah the third dimensional world here mm -hmm. and um, I think it it, 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 could, it could be real frightening to people to hear that kind of stuff yeah and, and yet that's what they've got and what gets me it tells you that if they can make these things which are pretty well atomic size uh, what kind of equipment did they put it together with and how long have they had this for you want to know what uh, Tex Mars wrote about when he wrote about these things yeah he wrote about the new arenas they're building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Alan, mm -hmm. <laughs> you take a look at them, and I, I, it, it doesn't seem like a reach. Now, I'm not, to me, um, I mean, I don't, how am I saying this? How do I want to say it? 
I believe that Tex Mars has inside information. Let me put it that way. Well, he was in that, air, that field in the military. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And he wrote a lot of stuff uh, for the technological okay. societies for years before he took his present job. But basically, his present job, right, thank you for that. Uh, but basically, he said that those those stadiums are large antennas, giant antennas. And uh, he talked in that article, in that particular newsletter, about the nanotechnology mm-hmm. and these little robots. Yeah. A- and when you mentioned them being receiver transmitters, mm-hmm. uh, they could be receivers, transmitters, receivers and transmitters, Alan. Sure they can. Yeah. To where uh, our own thoughts or every word could be being sent someplace. We have to take a break here. And folks, we'll be back with you in about three minutes. And stay with us. Before we get started back here with Alan, folks, every time I hear that commercial for the DVD uh, on the uh, on the Civil War, I, I think about it. Uh, it was a war to enslave us all, and I haven't seen the DVD. And I don't know if Nicholas is listening right now, but I thought about asking him to send me a copy uh, so that I could recommend it to you. I can't recommend something I haven't seen. But any of you who haven't done research and may not know uh, the true actuality of the Civil War had nothing to do with, you know, freeing the slaves. And they certainly did with the 14th Amendment. Uh, they created, uh, actually, in a sense, a constitution within the constitution. I never really understood that until when I owned my business, Alan, and we had those human rights cases starting hitting us. I said at one time I wanted to have a trial jury, and they said, well, you can't. I said, what do you mean I can't? Is it this America? Is it, aren't we? Well, yes, but this is under the 14th Amendment, the Human Rights Commission is a 14th Amendment, a bureaucracy, and you can't have a trial. And every case that I had to defend against, all of the briefs were based on the 14th Amendment. Uh, So I just wanted to say that. And I wanted also, uh, in case you might be listening on satellite, they give their number very uh, fast. I want to give you the number once again if you wanted to reach them by phone at First Amendment Radio. The number is 559-781-3773. I appreciate, uh, Alan, the fact that we were not able for a long time to pay for our broadcasting, and Nicholas continued to carry Sweet Liberty without uh, payment. And and so I uh, hope that our listeners do support First Amendment Radio because I it's the least we can do to say thank you for keeping the broadcast on the air okay mm-hmm. yep. uh, getting back to that uh, arena thing you mentioned yeah um, back in the, the mid 90's uh, that's the first time we heard of all these emergency plans and agencies that are interlinked with each other from local to federal level and we're having practices even in Canada and, and rural areas for these emergencies and we're saying what's going on here 
this is before 9-11 and, and the Cold War was supposedly over and uh, all that kind of stuff and, and now they start all these things they didn't have them even during the Cold War this was when did you say? mid-90s okay and uh, yeah I remember going into a little town called Alice and then there's all the fire guys there and the police there and people pretending that they were injured and they were giving them first aid and it was a mock disaster yeah, mock disaster. And I thought, well, something's coming. You know, they, they all knew something was coming. And then, of course, the media went into action and said that these, they showed you these emergency command centers where they're all interlinked with right down to your local level. And I thought, it, it took them years to plan all this and get this thing up and running uh, with bureaucracy, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, what planned? Well, we know nine eleven came along and then it all made sense. Yes, but I... isn't it interesting that during the 90s... Um, but at the same time, that's when we first heard that sports arenas would be used for people who were moved from their disaster. Oh my! Area. And look what happened in uh, and yep. New Orleans. That's right. I found a, an article. Well, I subscribed to USA Today and New York Times, the Toronto Star, and the Washington Post mm -hmm. <coughs> online, and I run down and take a look at their, you know, the headlines of the articles. Yeah. And this, I found this interesting. It's a little off our course here, but mentioning Katrina, there was an article in USA Today that said after Katrina that there is a higher white population and a much lower black. And I thought the first thought that came to my mind in was uh, they are doing a little ethnic cleansing, huh? Yeah. Because the white population, I think, increased uh, by like 20-some percent from 59 to 70 something yep. and the black population decreased at least as much so we got a 40% difference going on there yep. and, and 90,000 they said of those people are still living in Houston yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, so sure they, they, they kill a lot of birds with one stone these guys oh, oh with everything they do yep. like with the war between the states mm -hmm. uh, the, the more you realize how much they accomplished with that they just they have they're, they're multi-layered aren't they Alan oh absolutely uh, see we're still in the level one here yeah with the six o'clock news version and there's so much going on it, it, it boggles the mind um, even on top of all of these big cell phone towers they have these arrays of antenna look at like old-fashioned uh, antennas you'd have for your television on a roof only there, there's maybe three or four of them in, in different directions. And that's the same pattern I noticed with the harp installation up in Alaska. So I think they'll have a, a grid across the country with this, this uh, harp yeah, technology. Some, some mini harp things going yeah, on? Yeah, right on the top of every one of these towers uh -huh. you'll see. Okay, these. that brings to mind, and I don't know if you mentioned this on the air, mm -hmm. uh, something on the news there, and I think they did a few minutes on it, uh -huh. where they actually had cameras that could... Uh, photograph the energy coming off all of these, all of these uh, uh, antennas and that. Mm -hmm. uh, did you talk about that? That's w right. It was on the CBC. Will you tell our listeners about it? Because I think it was one of our off-air conversations. Yeah, it was a, a doctor in Toronto. Uh, There's different doctors now formed a little association to do with this new, um, the new symptoms that are coming out with. Uh, with the microwave technology that's being used, uh, there's multiple sim uh, symptoms, physical symptoms that certain people are feeling, 
and some of them had to move out of the city to get away from all these little antennas that put all over the big buildings and, and every street and back alley. And, uh, it's for the cell phones, a, isn't it, Alan? For cell phones, that's one. Allegedly. <laughs> and um, eventually it will track your, your ID card wherever you go. Yes. But uh, she had a meter there which could gauge the strength of the signals. And she says, you know, wherever you go here that's off the scale, uh, you're being pulsed with a high energy. And this is a, a real energy here that's going right through us. And then they showed you how it would look where she was standing if you could actually see the infrared. And the, the infrared uh, it doesn't come out in a circle from from the, from the source. It actually comes out, and it's like spiky, very spiky. Oh wow! And um, they interviewed some of the people who'd been affected by it and had different symptoms, from lethargy to to um, um, various other uh, problems with different organs in their body. So people are being affected by this this uh, this pulsation of of energy all around them. Uh, you mean diseases of their organs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And some people, as always, with everyone, they'll be more susceptible than others. But I think ultimately, if you're exposed to enough of it, oh, it sure. affects anyway. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It, it maybe hits uh, some people or shows up mm -hmm. in some people sooner, but it, just because somebody isn't feeling yeah. The effects doesn't mean it isn't going on there. Yeah, these, these are tremendous uh, energies that are unleashed here, and we're walking through fields of them all the time. Yes. And it, it will take its toll. And I don't believe at all that they're just finding out now what the effects would be, because they, we're so far behind in this level of reality. Uh, they know this stuff long, long ago, how it would affect people. Yeah. So, um, But it will eventually track the car. That's why they're, they're putting them up all over the, the high-rise buildings everywhere. Yeah. Well, they have those cars with the, what do they call, Telstar or something? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They can tell you where you are any minute. That's right. Any second. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you if you come to a traffic jam, this is why people think they're so cool. You come to a traffic jam, they'll tell you where to go to get around it. Yeah. Oh, my. And, you know, this, Alan, the, the, the fact is that so much of the technology that's out there today could be being used for so much good mm -hmm. and remember that thing that I read when you were talking to Effie one of the things you said there and I think it was so important that we heard that and take it in and and keep it in is the fact that that we with the power that is within us, the source of power as spiritual beings, that it wouldn't take all that many people, but it could actually be willed to be a different way. It would have to be willed and actually, uh, you, you know, used in life. Oh, yes. Because that's the whole thing. Well, that's that the whole point. If you will it to be a different way, mm -hmm. that would be what it would be, yeah. that it would be being used for good purposes. But I, I, I really have to think that see, humanity has a double nature, and that's something that people, we, we can easily point the finger at the monsters we see at the top. Yeah. And sure enough, in this system, the psychopaths get to the top because it's a psychopathic system. Um, only those kind of people want to claw their way up. Uh, Joe Average doesn't want that kind of power over people. However, Joe Average still has the ability to do good or evil, you might say. Yes. 
and and that's what people have to confront in their in their lives. Uh, we can't complain about the people at the top if we are just the same on a smaller scale. Exactly, Alan. At the bottom, and so all technologies. I mean, see, all technologies we know come from the military-industrial complex. That's why they're first devised, and and they push ahead with things. And uh, it, it shouldn't surprise. What is the military-industrial complex? Mm-hmm. What is what? Well, how would you describe it's a, that? It's a combination of. Uh, Combinations, literally, uh, it's, it's international companies that have been there since prior to World War II. Some of them have been there for a hundred years, and they have tremendous power. And, and uh, Carl Quigley said in, in um, the Anglo-American establishment, uh, he did say that, uh, that the future world will be run by a new feudal system. Uh, uh, ruled over by international corporations. International corporations, and that's we, what we're seeing. Remember mm-hmm. the remember the Rollerball movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it was it Rollerball? That was one of them. Yeah. They were corporations. Mm-hmm. Every one of those athletes played for a corporation. And and everybody worked for the corporation. Yes. And then there was another older movie. It was called um, about the same time, maybe it was uh, uh, Network. And that was an excellent portrayal of perceptions uh, that people have that are given to them by the media. And it's all to do with perceptional changes and how they can alter reality by altering the perceptions. Uh, very much like we have with George Orwell, where, uh, you know, war is peace and freedom is slavery. Yes. And that's what we have today. We see soldiers going off like soldiers have always gone off with grenades and guns, and we call them peacekeepers. Yes. It's the same thing. You change the term, and your outlook on what's happening is altered. Uh, so this is a, an old technique, but it's perfected today through mass marketing techniques and repetition. Sometimes, you know, you said this a long time ago. I think it was when we were talking a lot mm-hmm. after uh, September 11th, and uh, you said the hardest thing is going to be for people who are aware to be able to maintain their sanity. Yeah. Yeah, as we go through the changes, we're already going through them. Um, the six o'clock news would have you believe that uh, one man in a cave somewhere, a caveman, that's the big joke, you know, high masonry, a caveman uh, is going to make you all take ID and be monitored across the planet, of everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, a caveman? Well, you know, Ben Laden in the cave. Oh, Ben Laden. <laughs> and you see, in all, all the mystery religions, you, you have uh, someone in a cave. The boogeyman. You, well, Jesus with the grotto, the cave, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, Mohammed heard God in the cave. You, you always find this in the high mystery religions. Oh, my. And uh, Ben Laden's in a cave, you see. His name actually means, you know, man of light or face of light, like Illuminati. Uh, and, and so he's in a cave lighting up the cave it's, it's, it's high masonic jokes really all of this theater is high masonic jokes and um, and we get it over and over again And uh, however yeah we're supposed to believe that one man caused all of this to happen and yet it took years of preparation and, and with bureaucrats uh, to even outline all this stuff long before 9-11 came along so so this is nothing to do with Ben Laden. This is the new American century. This is the purpose of the United States of America. What? Well, uh, this is 
not important, but it's a question that just popped in my mind. Mm-hmm. Is is the correct pronunciate, pronunciation of his name Bin Laden? Is yeah, it's Bin Laden. It doesn't really matter. Okay. And even the, the old battery was called the Laden jar. The what? Uh, your car, well, the pre-car batteries. They called them Laden jars. Uh, that's what you. That's what a battery was called at one time. So these are these are all, everything that's given to us has many meanings when it comes from the top. And uh, and even Maggie Thatcher, nineteen, I think nineteen ninety or nineteen ninety one, at Massey Hall in Toronto, uh, gave a, a talk called about the New World Order. That was the title of it in the Toronto Sun. And she said the next war will be fought with, with radical fundamentalism. And she mentioned the Middle East. Radical fundamentalism. Yeah. So Well, uh, they are radical fundamentalists in the Middle East? Um, anybody trying to hold on to their heritage is going to be called radical. I know, the but... The world order... Okay, is, but is, yeah. that, is that what she was saying, that those Arabs there, those all the people who live there... Besides the Israelis, that they're radical fundamentalists. You pretty well, pretty well. See, what they admitted too is, is that Britain and the U.S. had created these uh, the extremist groups. The extremists, yes. Uh, to fight supposedly during the Cold War against the Russians. Yeah. And supposedly they, they wouldn't stop afterwards because they become so powerful and mighty. And uh-huh. that that was the excuse they were giving back in 1990 or so. And then. And then we have the Christian fundamentalists, mm-hmm. radicals. Oh, yeah. And according to that BBC broadcast, there are 40 million of them. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. Uh, folks, on Sweet Liberty, if you go into the Israel section, there is the BBC broadcast that you can listen to. And I did transcribe it because some parts of it, I was just concerned that people wouldn't be able to get it all. Um, if you if you want to see an example of what Alan is talking about, uh, give a listen to that broadcast. It's titled "A Lobby to Reckon With" is the name of the broadcast, and it, it, it's there in the Israel section at SweetLiberty.org. Uh, it, so, fundamentalism. Uh, it, there's Christian fundamentalism, and, and what is the Muslim fundamentalism? And those are the ones that that are skewed that that their belief system is so skewed that it is that radical uh, yeah in other words if they believe in it implicitly uh, as it's written that's called fundamental okay. if, if you're sort of wishy-washy or, or you're a nominal type uh, you're born into it but you only follow it that's okay you know? <laughs> okay uh, but if you believe this kind of stuff then you're, you're classified as, as fundamental and radical. In fact, it's, it's been well written about even in the educational uh, systems and many of the literature uh, they've talked about people being technically insane, you know, if, if they follow religion. So, so well, Alan, if basically, order, yeah, you would have to be because of the inconsistencies. Well, that's the mythology isn't supposed to be consistent. I see. And, uh, of course, they've wrapped up so much within their religions, rewritten many times, uh, and always for political reasons, from the top. Yes. 
uh, for the top to make people well behaved. But that system is over now that they're, they're taking down the borders worldwide for the global society, so they can't have that anymore. It served them well when they had to have the borders to keep the, the elite in, in power and wealthy and so on. But now, under a global system, uh, you've got to have that the state will be the boss, that will be your god, really. Mm-hmm. The world state. And people who, um, for example, the uh, protesters, mm-hmm. and that we got the Protestant religions, we got everything but Catholicism. Uh-huh. Um, in Will Durant's series, mm-hmm. he mentions this. Mel called me one night, and he had gotten to reading that uh, about during the that time, mm-hmm. and. Um, Luther, Martin Luther. Yeah. Of course, he was the big one that started the whole thing. And we talked about this on the air. It, it dawned on me finally that Martin Luther was part of the controlled opposition. Yeah. It was when I read the book uh, Babylon Mystery Religion. Mm-hmm. And when the sleeping giant begins to awaken, they send somebody out there. Well, mm-hmm. Will Durant actually confirms that. Because although Martin Luther led the charge, he was the one telling the government that they ought to <laughs> they ought to arrest and kill these people mm-hmm. that were protesting. Yeah, and yeah, he, well, he did not believe in the, in, the, in the ordinary person at all. He thought they were the beasts, you know. Okay. Yeah, he said that. He was like, an elite then, in other words. Oh yeah, he, he he totally hated the mob as he called it, the people, yeah, the common people. The they had to get away. See, the old feudal system was served well under Catholicism, yes. but to get the new industrial era up and going, they needed a new work ethic, which was blended with the, the religion. So that's why they gave uh, Protestantism to get that going. And uh, and that was the whole thing was to do with a work, a new work ethic for a new type of era. What is your th- uh, What are your thoughts about Saul? Saul. Paul. Saint Saul Paul. Paul. Saint Paul. Uh, well, there's no doubt he's, well, or if it was a person we don't even know. But, right. But, but uh, the story of it. There's him. no doubt that, that that one person that we're supposed to believe really gave to us uh, a, a, a worldwide Christianity and set all the rules and stuff, and, and got comments <coughs> on the go with, with different laws and and beliefs. In other words, he standardized a belief uh, system. Standardization. There were so many sects of Christianity at that time. It was it was staggering um, to see how many were existing even in his day. You know what uh, Will Durant said in his book, mm-hmm. uh, "The Caesar and Christ." Yeah. Remember, I've talked about Bishop Arius. Yeah. Well, he was the one they excommunicated yeah. because he wasn't going along with the dogma and the doctrine that the church was coming up with, yeah. or Constantine at that first. Council of uh, Nicaea, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, was anathematized. You can't find any information on him at all. Mm-hmm. But Will Durant talks about him. Basically, uh, what from what I've read, not just Will Durant, but another book I have, mm-hmm. he was teaching that Jesus was the Son of God as all of us are, <laughs> or be, yeah. of our Creator, yeah. and that He was not, quote, God, but created, mm-hmm. as all of us were. 
well, that wasn't going to work. No. And they weren't going to have that at all. So they uh, excommunicated him. And when they brought him back and said... Under a truce. Yeah. Come on, them, yeah. <laughs> come on back and we're, we're, we're going to reinstate you in the church. Yeah, yeah. And that same day, he died out in public, a terrible death of poison. That's right. Um, so, you know, people, people... But let me finish this because this is where I was going with this thought. He said that, that a lot of those bishops at that first council... Because Constantine wanted and dined them to consensus out. It was a political... Uh, it was. Yeah. It was the 20th uh, anniversary of the 20th year of his reign. And it was also to do with the Roman Empire. It was an empire. Yes. That was going to continue. So, 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 uh, so he said in his books, that in his one of his books there, that uh, many of those bishops had rescinded their vote when they voted uh, what was going to be the dogma and the doctrine. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, by 600 B.C., if a church was not of the Arius teachings, it was nearly empty. Mm-hmm. And that leads you to see that back then, people were a little bit more aware, Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they weren't falling for it the same way. Yeah, and, and they knew what Rome was all about, because Rome uh-huh. had, had already run the world, a good part of the world for a long time, mm-hmm. pre-Christian. So it was a political movement. They were well aware of it. See, it was to standardize everything again. We're seeing it today. That's what the U.S. is doing, the standardizing the world into one culture yeah. by force. We are organisms, mm-hmm. and the world is their Petri dish, yeah. mm-hmm. and they are culturing us. Right. And they give us our culture. And they give us our culture. They grow it, and, and we did, well, actually download it into us. And exactly. Yes, so and then, it's, yes. It's, uh, it, it, nothing and, changes, you see. And we're out of our hour. Uh-huh. And I wish we weren't because uh, this just keeps opening thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Our conversations do this. Folks, we'll, uh, Alan and I will be back with you next Wednesday night. And remember to tune in Monday and Tuesday at the same time for Darren Week on Sweet Liberty. And Alan, well, Alan's website is uh, cuttingthroughthematrix.com sweetliberty.org and you can get from each other's place because we're linked on both places.